wheat volatility is riding high. And the cattle price won't slide. We wonder what's going to happen next. Smart money's buying sheep. Your advice comes pretty cheap. Why don't you ask what we can do? Just the two of us. Making podcasts on the fly. Just, Just the, the two, two of us. us. Just, Just the, the two, two of us. us. You and you I. And I. Oh, back again, and we absolutely need to record, re-record that song because it's um, it's very dated now, Andrew. Well, I reckon we just got to find some studio time, you know, get the producers back together, get the band yeah, back no, together. That's true. Well, we've got, we might just put out to the public for some help with some lyrics and that to just be bring more to more modern times. You know, maybe we should listen to Taylor Swift. <clears throat> I really, really yeah. to Taylor Swift. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. There'll be new, there'll be, there will be new music coming soon. Promise. Promise. When we get time. Yeah. Right. Oh, so just the two of us again. That's it. So that's it's. There's been a few big things happening. Yeah, yeah a lot of a lot actually, of OC stuff, really, isn't it? Yeah, you're, 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 I didn't actually think about this because I said what we'd talk about, but then I'm just going to add a new one in there. Israel. Mm-hmm. In Palestine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We haven't done one since that, um, well, the outbreak of issues, yes. So obviously big, big strife over there. Pretty horrific scenes on, on both sides, let's be honest now. Um, but what is the impact on markets? You know, that's that's always going to be our focus. You know, obviously, hopefully any conflict ends. But the reality is that there is a potential for this event to have an impact on the greens market. And again, it's it's another one of ones ones that we've talked about a lot is that focus on energy. You know, if we we already see crude oil has shot up quite a bit in the last since the conflict basically started, and uh, we know that crude oil has a big impact on wheat prices, corn prices, soybean prices. Uh, so really, what the issue is is if we see you know Iran getting dragged into this. Mm. If we yeah, see that's Iran. the thing. It's the contagion to other, you know, other other centers, right? If it, if it gets beyond Gaza and Israel, if if it's just Gaza, Israel, look, it will be a horrific humanitarian crisis, but it won't be a huge market influence. Mm. If it goes into Iran, you know, if Hezbollah starts getting involved, then you're talking about a huge proportion of the world's crude oil and a huge portion of the world's natural gas comes out of that street from us. And then that will flow on to fertilizer prices again. But we'll talk about fertilizer in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's just one to watch. Like I, again, it's like at the moment, nobody really expected, or most people didn't really expect Russia to actually invade Ukraine. <laughs> no, yep. nobody really expects Iran to get involved. Iran tends to go the proxy war type of way. But you just don't know. You, you just don't know these days, do you? No, and obviously there's been there's tensions with Hezbollah, which are backed by Iran, and they're in Lebanon. So, but that 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 kind of sending the odd rocket here and there back and forth has been ongoing for a while anyway. It's more if it becomes a proper hot contest in in either Israel's border getting attacked or Israeli Israeli army actually going into Lebanon, uh, or even I mean they've sent some rockets through to Syria as well, but. Um, to the airport just to try and disrupt any potential flow of uh, arms to Hamas in uh, in the Gaza Strip. So, but those things haven't haven't necessarily 
extended into a, a, a full-blown war with someone else. So yeah, as long as it stays contained, I think you're but, right. But I think it's clearly volatile and yep. all bets are off really, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard one. Hard one to, to you know, there's no, I don't think there's any, market analyst or economist or anyone out there in the world that can or even a political specialist that could would have the answers to what's going on that was that was proof when we right. saw what happened in ukraine it was you know you just don't know what's uh what's planned right well that's just it's another another thing to add to the geopolitical uncertainty around the world yep All right so we're going to try to keep this quick yep well do you want to you already you're already Oh, uh, I suppose we can stay on stay on geopolitics. I think so. We'll do the we'll do the process of stuff right at the end, maybe. Oh yeah. Well, uh, they're getting the band back together. Russia, China, North Korea, the axis <laughs> the axis of happiness or whatever they want to call themselves. Uh, yeah. The um, yeah. So Russia and China have come up with a deal, an overland grain corridor. So it looks like Russia is obviously a pariah state these days. Uh, they can't trade with that many countries around the world. They've lost access to SWIFT. So it looks like a reliance on China is going to go. Is that lost access to Taylor Swift? or oh, lost, you mean- lost, lost access to Taylor Swift. Uh, Tay-Tay's got, ta- got annoyed. Did I tell you what? There's a, there's a guy I used to, they used to, in my hometown, used to go up to Taylor Swift. So really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then I think he got caught going to a dodgy massage place in Los Angeles. Then they didn't seem to go out that much longer after that. Anyway, enough of the gossip, celebrity gossip. We're not bloody Hello Magazine. Uh, yeah, so looks like they're trying to get stronger relationships with the East rather than the West. And Russia has the capacity to move a lot of commodities over land, whether it's minerals, crude oil, gas, grains, fertilizer. So they've agreed a deal, 70 million tons over 12 years. So I think this sounds like a lot, but realistically that's 5.8 million tons a year, round up to 6 million tons. It's not that much. You know, it's it, previously, so 10 years ago, it would have been a lot, but now it's basically only two months of their supplies that they would have had over the last couple of years. Still significant. I don't exactly mm. deny it's significant. But I don't think it necessarily has a huge displacement of Australian grains. Mm. Because we'll still be getting grain into China, but we're also still be getting grain into Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, wherever mm. else. And it and it, other, and it just flows. So the other the other thing from that Russian perspective is correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but India all the way through this issue with Ukraine and when the world kind of started to try and isolate Russia for their actions. India continued to trade with right. them too, right? Indeed. So yeah, so you got, you got, e- you got e- Egypt continues to trade with them. Yeah, so but they're yeah, huge. But... They're huge, huge economies that are still engaging with them. It, you know, it's making it somewhat difficult, but not impossible for them to continue to do stuff. Yeah, it's just a challenging situation. That the, I think the sanctions are hurting them, but not and hindering them. I guess, but it's not killing them. Hmm. It's not. It's not closing them down. So. Yep. I just think it's one to watch and see. Uh, I think we will see a stronger relationship between those two trading blocks. And I think it's just another sign of the end times, you know? <laughs> the five ho- the five horsemen of the apocalypse, was it? Or four horsemen, I can't remember now. Four horsemen. Four horsemen. Four horsemen. I thought it was five, yeah. So, um, 
it's what about what about what's going on in that fertilizer space more domestically? Because you've done some work again uh, looking yeah, at those. Yeah. Like, where, okay. what's going on? There's shortage, uh, shortage thought, of fertilizer. There's the shortages shor- everywhere. Well, there's shortage of fertilizer in Australia that isn't shortage. Like, <laughs> I've I've been I've held my tongue mm-hmm. about this. Okay, if there is a shortage, if there is a shortage, it's it's geographic. It's spread. It's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So basically, it's the fertilizer industry has logistically had a fuck up. I mean, mm. a, a mess up. Mm. Um, if we look at the volumes that have been imported, um, again, record volumes up until the end of August. So we've imported more than we've ever imported. And then the argument will be, oh, but what about Gibson Island? We don't have Gibson Island anymore. Even if you take into account what Gibson Island produced, which was diddly squat, hmm. we still got higher supply. So I know there's, there's, there's going to be a million and one excuses for you know why it's not available. You know, it's been used for AdBlue. Well, no, we're not using that much for AdBlue. And it's just, you know, that, that I was just surprised actually to see when the data came through that August was another huge month. I think a record August. Whereas I was expecting it should have crashed. So I think something's wrong and something's rotten in the state of Denmark in fertilizer. And uh, look, I think even fertilizer companies are, you know, there was some uh, there was some quote in one of the newspapers the other day from a fertilizer industry person saying about the apparent fertilizer shortage. <laughs> whereas, where, where, whereas, 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 like, the manufactured shortage. Well, it's, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's manufactured, <laughs> but what I am saying is that. It was all a shortage a couple of months ago, but now fellas' uh, spokespeople, effectively, are saying it was an apparent shortage. That's a very that's a very different change in language, is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to one of our friends who's uh, in the, in the industry, and and he sort of the implication was it's the old story, you know, scarcity sells. That so, old chestnut. That, that old chestnut. chestnut. Mm-hmm. But but looking at price as well. Like I continue to look at our pricing model and it continues to pretty much follow the import price. And it's got a you know a 0.98 correlation, which Matt, I'm, I'm no economist. I'm just a I'm just pretty an good. IT geek. That seems pretty good. It's not but, many models, there's not many models that can compare the model outcome to the real outcome and get 0.98. That's very good. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know about that. I'm just I'm just a retired pig farmer, mate. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but we are seeing fertilizer prices rise, so maybe maybe fertilizer companies might like me now. Because mm-hmm. I'm saying that fertilizer prices increasing. Mm-hmm. That's off the back of our model saying that we should see an increase in price in uh, sort of basically this month. So, yeah, fertilizer. I just think it's a bit. There needs to be more transparency in that industry. Because it's just all guesstimations. And, we're, and we're, I think we're the only ones really putting out anything out that is independent and objective. Mm-hmm. We ain't trying to sell anything. And and it, and it actually looks at the data, not at what might be the apparent things that are happening. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> the other thing that's out there. Speaking of modeling and data. Yeah, processing. 
beef processor margin. Yeah, I went back to that after I hadn't done it since the first quarter of 2023. And that first quarter was starting to show that they were moving into positive territory in terms of it's now an index, of course, not a dollar per head figure because unfortunately there were some that were getting hung up on the dollar per head. So now it's just looking at what's the, the broader trend. Are they profitable? Are they not profitable? Are they getting more profitable, vice versa, all that kind of stuff? So so looking at that, it's been a pretty steady increase to their profitability, which probably comes as no surprise given cattle prices domestically have continued to slide through winter. Um, and we've seen pretty good um, export markets in terms of volumes, but also strong US prices for cattle. And the US kind of sense the benchmark price from a, from a trade perspective globally. Um, so with those high prices in the US, that's meaning that beef product and beef exports and all that all those markets we go into where we compete with the US or or we go directly into the US for our own product you know as an export you're able to kind of get fairly good value for what you're offering as export beef products so that translates through to improved margins and and it's probably the case too that um, you know there have been some added costs that processes have been facing in the last year or so that the model may not take into account but broadly speaking I think it's fair to say that the model is a good representation of of what's going on, you know, generally speaking, and that's showing they're having a pretty good time of it presently. Yeah, having a good time. But I think, again, everyone needs to make money. Yep. And look, I, I think it's an interesting one because, like, you just I, – I look at it and I wouldn't want to be in that trade. No, well, that's a – Because, because, look, because it's, yeah. like, it's like, it's okay, pretty- huge profits just now. This was, I know it's an index, but it's still – Huge yeah, profits, it's, yeah, it's it's the index is the index for September for the month oh, of September. You're the out, the, you're out, you're out in the fuck, you're out in the cold for a long time. Well, that's what the the model showed that apart from like now we've gone into profit and it's been profit for a few months now. But if you go back to you know like thirty three months they spent in negative territory, um, and and if you look at the last ten years, the average I think over the whole time period, which is back to two thousand. The average margin profit was 0.14, so it's pretty slim. And if you look at the last ten years, the average is 0.04. So the last ten years have been particularly tough. And if you look at the last five years of that of that index, it's negative 0.05. So on average, over the last five years, they've not made money <laughs> on yeah, average, yeah. right? You know, so but so I guess, I guess that's the thing. What we need to do is have them making money in order to allow them to still continue to be there. Yep, correct. Correct. Or what do we do is we we nationalize them all. Well, look, it's part of (laughs) yeah. The the interesting chart I thought was a good one on that particular analysis was when I compared that average annual index, the margin index, profit or negative, right, to the ABES stuff they put out annually on beef farm profitability, average beef farm profitability, and it actually shows for the most part countercyclical. Pretty much. So the just the last year gone, 2022, was the most profitable as far as the ABES data goes back. That that was the most profitable time for beef farms, according it's, to ABES. You're going to get this type of – it's the same as corn and hogs in the US. Absolutely, yeah, when, yeah when exactly. Corn, when corn prices are high, yeah. hog prices tend to be low and vice versa, yeah. which is kind of exactly. to what you expect. Yeah. Yep, All pay, and, and you know we know we know supplies increase, the herds increase. We know we're turning off more cattle, uh, and and in those instances, the price gets um, you know pressured downwards, and it's just coincided with times when globally, um, like I said before, the export price is pretty robust. So that means good margins for 
processes and it means more difficult trading times and you know for, for the cattle for the cattle producer and you know it's only it's only a year or two you go back where it was the opposite so it is part of that broader cycle farmers know all about cycles and how that works and the good farmers know how to use those cycles to their advantages i guess yeah what about online trading uh yeah so we've started to do some stuff uh, with auctions plus looking at the auctions plus data and comparing that to the broader Cause, sale. Because they, they create their own ECI, don't they? Or their own, not ECI. Uh, they, well, create, not the they, they create their own online young cattle indicator. Yeah, correct. It's a, And it's a national online young cattle indicator rather than the ECI or the Western Young Cattle Wing, Western specific is, 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 is there an MLA national one? Not for young cattle. There's is national there ones. One, is, there, is there a combined one? Can you make a combined one? Um. You probably could. I mean, the closest thing would maybe be there's a national kind of yielding indicator. That would be probably similar. And and obviously there's national feeder steer indicators. There's a national uh, heavy cattle. You know, there's yeah, a national. But not, yeah, but so there's not, a few. But the, yeah. year, but the yielding would be the closest to the ECI. Yeah, national, probably. Yeah, yeah, national. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yielding, yielding steers and heifer type indicators. So, I mean, there are similar type ones, not quite exactly. And so the ECI is very eastern specific and, and even southern market specific, so only – doesn't take into account some of those northern Queensland markets. So it's a particular type of indicator. But, I mean, yeah, we, we've compared the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator, the market-based one, to the online equivalent kind of – well, not uh, the online indicator, I guess, is not necessarily the exactly the same type of cattle, but it's um, it's just two indicators just looking to see how they how they stack up and, you know, whether, whether one's kind of in re reasonably normal discount or premium territory versus is it in abnormal or unusual discount or premium territory, just comparing one thing to another. So that was it's an just, interesting thing. Uh, it's just comparing a trend. Mm. Same as what you would compare if you're comparing wheat and corn, barley and corn, barley and yep. wheat, et cetera. Yep. It's not, not exactly the same, but it provides a trend. Same as when you're comparing sheep and – like if you, if you look at those numbers – Comparing, say, we put up that chart usually once or twice a week with the live US cattle futures versus the Eki. Mm -hmm. It's not comparable. Well, no, no, yeah. The live, live, live US cattle is like the finished product in the US and the Eki's, uh, you know, the young cattle you know, but, in Australia. So, But what it does provide you with is, well, that's where it has been. It's a comparison yeah. to history. Mm -hmm. yep. That's where it's that's important. Awesome. You can say, well, okay, yeah, it's not comparable, but you can say, well, actually... We're still, it doesn't matter whether it's the same thing or not. It's still the fact that the spread between them, the relative value between the different two of them, is is different. And, and yeah, and what and what what where is it currently versus where it has it been historically? How close is it to the long term average? Is it is it within normal ranges historically? Is it outside of normal ranges? Why is that the case? So yeah, it's just looking at those things, which are all interesting things to look at. Perfect. Anything else? What else has happened? We're going Don't to think so. we're, we're going to Canberra this weekend. We are, we'll be, yeah, yeah. This coming week, we'll be up at the NFF conference. So that'll be good. Um, you know, I've been, I've been learning the banjo in my spare time. That's a bit of interesting news. Uh, why not? Did, did, I tell you, did, did we tell you that our gold medal winner wrestling? Oh, yeah. 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 So you're, you're there and you're in your man. Are you going to wear your wrestling mankini to Canberra? Or are you going to wear like a EP3 outfit? I don't have my own one. I have to wear somebody else's one straight after they've done a bout. It was nice and sweaty. Mm. Um, no, nah, we at NFF conference didn't get any press tickets, did we? Yeah, uh, jeez, no, nah, unfortunately, not. So, maybe, we're not gonna maybe we should see if we can sling some press tickets to some events, pretend, pretend we're the press just for freebies. 
Hmm. Righto. All right. That might be it. Right. Have a good weekend. Boys see you when you got. See you when you got nothing on, Andrew, or when you're wearing your wrestling mankini, one or the other. It's not a mankini. It's a singlet. All right. Bye.